intensity of the symptoms, duration of the symptoms, and the frequency of the symptoms. So if I'm anxious a lot throughout the period of a day, if it's making it basically impossible for me to go about my daily functioning, and if it lasts for, I don't know specifically if, if it's different for young people, but they usually say somewhere in between two and six weeks. Okay. So if I'm anxious for a month straight and I'm not going to school and I'm not doing this and I'm not doing that, then that is likely a sign that I might have an issue that I should go and ask for help. Okay. So it's the, mm-hmm. that's the, I think the th- big things are intensity of the symptoms, duration, and the frequency. Okay. And I think there's also another thing that you touched on there that I wanted to ask about. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, some people with depression and anxiety, there's something very specific that they can connect those feelings to. But sometimes people just, you know, wake up at the beginning of the day when nothing has happened yet. And for some reason, they have that feeling. So it's Mm -hmm. almost, I'm not really sure how to phrase it other than maybe free floating. Like you don't feel like you're (laughs) anxious about something or depressed about something in particular. Can you maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, I guess the best way for me to relate to that is every, I used to wake up every single day when, before I got sober, fear stricken out of me, just so scared of everything because um, I didn't, I yeah, ask, please. What were you getting sober off of? Like alcohol? We can choose, well, Mike can choose to disclose whether sure, he. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Uh, I mean, so I was high on modern day marijuana for about 17 years, nonstop. 24-7, and that's not a word of uh, exaggeration. Uh, I drank alcohol all the time. I wanted to be an alcoholic, but I vomited so much that like <laughs> I tried so hard. And I really did because okay. yeah. I actually, it's not that I, I wanted to make my internal pain go away. Yes, exactly. So I would have done anything. Yeah. yeah, I did lots of, I grew up in the rave, the heyday of the rave scene in Toronto. So I okay. was a big time... I, I enjoyed going to raves and doing <laughs> and everything that comes along with psychedelic that. drugs and all like, those kind of things. Yeah. yeah, going crazy wild. Yeah. So, Aaron, yeah. in that time when you before you got sober, you said yeah. you woke up every day sort of just feeling fear almost. Oh, terrible fear, and yeah. mostly that developed because I was such a I was depend I was an addict. So it was like until I got the drugs in me and knew I could keep putting them in me, then the anxiety didn't go away. But so to answer your question a little more specifically. Um, when I got sober, I still woke up with that peer and f- that fear and panic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, I f- discovered that it was actually related to all kinds of issues, but I, I, I wasn't aware of them until I started digging deep, mm. you know? So I, so it feels like it's not connected to anything, but when yeah, you really think yeah. deeper about it and explore within yourself, yeah. there is something that it's connected um, to. Yeah, okay. for sure. And so that's where... If you're noticing those sensations or those feelings, or if you're having really, un, you know, scary thoughts or unhelpful thoughts, and you don't know what they're connected to, likely it's connected to something. Um, and that's where I mean, I've done an incredible amount of therapy. therapy. Yeah, and all <laughs> I kinds knew that's where of you're yeah, going with it, yeah, yeah. Like so, from I, I did a lot of twelve-step stuff. I I have a psychiatrist. I have a psychotherapist. I have a mindfulness doctor. I have a marriage counselor. <laughs> like I've done the whole nine. I've read every possible book I can get my every hands kind on. Of yeah, therapy, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's been really helpful. And I've started to discover, oh, the reason I think that way, behave that way, feel that way is likely because of a, 
you know, A, B, C, D. Right. And now yeah. you can actually understand those yeah. things better. Yeah. That's really insightful, uh, honestly, because I know, uh, I don't know about you all, but I feel, you know, sometimes depressed or anxious and I can't always connect it to a specific yeah. cause. But I think, you know, if I had the time and resources <laughs> to, to dig deeper into it, maybe yeah. I would actually find yeah. those causes. Yeah. Same. Yeah. That's great. Uh, does anyone want to tackle? I know we um, sort of talked a little bit about that, but maybe we can dive further into it with that second question. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll do it. Okay, Kylie. I'm down for this. All right. <laughs> what is the difference between a clinical condition and something like situational? I'm pretty sure I said it right. Yeah, yeah. you did. Yeah. Depression and anxiety. Look at me. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good job. Yeah, was, um, yeah. So that we, uh, I guess, we sort of were touching around it, and mm-hmm. I think this is a great topic or question because. With the push, uh, the mental health awareness push that has been great, and that's the reason we're probably here talking about it right now, is yeah. that the 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 boundary between clinical condition and, and sort of a situational condition is getting really blurry. Right. So somebody might either say, oh, it's just it's just because I'm having a hard time, but really it might be a clinical situation. And another person might say, oh, I'm really having a hard time, I'm depressed, I'm suicidal, I'm et cetera. Um, and that comes out of maybe a lack of understanding or a clarity around the terms. Um, and so it's kind of like I said, um, intensity, frequency, duration of your symptoms, how long, you know, is it situational would be a day, a week, perhaps. But if it's extending beyond, you know, a couple weeks or longer, then that's likely a clinical situation. And I know it's so weird and hard and asking people for help is always a good idea. Mm-hmm. And it it doesn't mean that it's supposed to happen easily or quickly or whatever. And some people are going to respond in a way that you just kind of want to tell them to go screw themselves, <laughs> you know, and that yeah. sucks and that's not ideal, but that's going to happen. Um, so, I would say expect that to happen, right? Okay. Expect it to be maybe a little more bumpier than you may want it to be. And then if it's not, then that's great. Right. But just to be prepared for things not going in a way you may want them to. Yeah. And that it's yeah. a process, right? And yeah. that if the first option, whatever it is, doesn't necessarily work, that, you know, there are other options you can explore yeah. until something works for you and feels yeah. like it's helping. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, I would, and the last thing I would say to that is the most important thing is that you are pursuing something. Right, that yeah. you're getting some sort of help and yeah. talking to someone, right? Yeah. Whether that's clinical or whether that's mm-hmm. situational, you yeah. know, either way, it's still valid, right? For sure. Like, yeah. I had to wait almost two years for therapy. Wow. Yeah, so I was going to 12-step meetings all In the, the time. Yeah. yeah, and my sponsor save my life basically wow yeah yeah well i'm glad that you know your sponsor yeah, was able to do that and have you have us yeah. have uh, you be here legend. with us today wow. that's great shout yeah. out shout out to your sponsor yeah jeremy yeah. you're the man i love you jeremy <laughs> yes jeremy yeah he's the man <laughs> all right uh i think talia was that next question i know again we touched on this briefly but maybe we'll talk a little more about it. talia number three i think you were gonna ask so like basically the question is yeah, we can. Yeah, hear we you. can hear yeah. you. You're we good. Can hear you. So, uh, can mental illness be passed down like from family to family? For me, that's like what I've been told. The answer would be yes. That's what I've been told. Mm-hmm. In fact, I do have depression, and I've been told like 
it can be passed down genetically, so most likely one of my parents do have it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I have that in my genes. <laughs> <laughs> and did you say you? I think Talia, when we were talking about this before, you said you also had a a, a grandparent that um, struggled with mental illness as well. No, so like my mother and her mother. I will not okay. call her my grandparent because she's not really one. That's okay. So sure. they, but yeah. they both had that, and so you yeah. feel like that could have been something hereditary. So I know we did talk on this. So maybe m- some of the some specifics. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so yeah, that. So I guess the preface is, if it's in your family, it doesn't mean it's going to happen to you. Okay. But the chances are higher than other people. So the same way, if you had diabetes in your family, or if you had other health concerns mm-hmm. or whatever, the likelihood that it's going to happen to you is higher. In which case, when the signs and symptoms arise, you can notice them sooner and you can do something about them sooner. Right. So my, you know, in my family's case, my dad's dad died by suicide when he was 50 and he had a lobotomy, which is when they <gasps> cut your head open and do surgery on your brain. brain out, yeah, right? I know. So, but that was, again, that was, that was the medical system of the 50s doing its best to try to help somebody, which is hard to believe, but yeah. And so it's funny you said, I I think I know which one of my parents it is. Um, (laughs) But it seemed my mom had seven sisters. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Wow. Yeah. And her dad, I think, had some alcohol issues. Um, And then. Yeah. And so and my brother lives with schizophrenia. Mm. So it's in our there's no doubt it's in our family, you know, and. A yeah. question on schizophrenia. Sure. Yeah. So like I'm sorry. It's That's just, okay. I've always had a question on this. No one's been able to answer it. Yeah. So like people with schizophrenia, are they ever lucid? Like do they actually know like I'm okay, I'm okay, or like do they really need medication to help them? Mm-hmm. That's like yeah. my first question. Okay. My second question would be I was reading this article and it said that when you smoke weed it does give you like a higher chance. Uh, increases the chance there's the word that you may have schizophrenia or it just awakens that more. Like, yeah, that's Especially a great, if you're predisposed to it in your family, yeah, right? that's a great yeah. uh, question. So uh, first one was, yes, yeah, so can somebody who's experienced psych- in a psychos- psychotic state, so to speak, or experiencing psychosis, yeah. uh, can they be lucid? Yeah. I, it's a good question. So I always, whenever I spent a lot of time with my brother when he was not when he was quite sick and and I've experienced this with people I experienced this with people on the street often or I've had some pretty uncomfortable moments in public places with people that were quite ill and likely uh, exhibiting signs of schizophrenia um, but there's I think there's always a part of them that is there and that is present and that is aware and I got really good at speaking to that Uh, but you can't engage them in their delusions, so to speak. So an example was at the library. I was with my daughter and my wife and my son and another family, and a man came up to me, and he was like, I'm the godfather, and yeah, my daughter was on my lap, and he's like, you got to let go of her and put her down, and you're da-da-da. And I, I was calm because I I was like... You understood right away. And I'd been in this situation so many times, so... I just looked him in the eye and I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And then he kept going. And then I just looked him at him in the eye again. And I said, are you okay? And he froze. Wow. And then he just walked away. 
So uh, it almost like snapped him out of. It may have, or at least I, I connected to, to that, that, yeah, to lucid that, part. Yeah, but generally, soul. generally they're not lucid, and so it's funny. I was talking to uh, Jesse today on the show, and we talked a lot about his schizophrenia, mm. and so when somebody is in that state, you can't talk to them logically you know and that it's really difficult you can't say if the person's saying you know um the cia is after me the police are following me you know there's cameras in the wall and they're listening to me there's nothing you can say to that person to make them not believe that that is true Hmm. so so are you so because i've actually heard i i I don't, to be honest, I can't remember who it yeah. was, so it may not have been a professional, but yeah. I've heard that in some settings, at least maybe just to diffuse their m- m- sort of anger yeah. or whatever reaction from it, that sometimes it is good to go along with whatever they're saying and just, especially I think if you're in public to prevent them from, you know, yeah, m- yeah, you know, sort of yeah. having an, an like outburst. Having, yeah, so I would say we definitely don't want to disagree with them, okay. right? You, uh, so I you think, don't want to say, no, you're not the godfather. Yeah, yeah, you definitely don't want to say that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. had schizophrenia. She's yeah. dead now. Wow. I'm and, sorry. Uh, it's okay. She lived a very somewhat peaceful life. Okay. I mean, up until she was diagnosed, and it was mm-hmm. like really there, and you could notice it, she had a pretty good life. But um, I remember one time, she looked at me, and she's like, get off me, get off me. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I get it. And she thought I was an alien. And I remember I was watching the show and she tried to like help the person realize that, okay, I'm not like what you think I am. I think he thought he was a demon. Yeah, it was like a ghost or something. And I'm like, you know what? So I went in her kitchen and I found like a knife and I poked my finger and I'm like, aliens would bleed a different color. It's me, I'm bleeding red. You know, and that kind of just made it worse. Like her mom explained hmm. to me, like what you just explained. Yeah. You can't really like do that to them because it's going to make it harder. I didn't know that. Sure. I thought if I showed her, I'm not an alien, I'm your friend, she wouldn't try and attack me and box me in my face. But yeah. I was yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But that's an, a good example of, of our innate desire to help people and to mm-hmm. be there for them. And, and we do whatever, whatever we can. Yeah. And, yeah. and so another, other things that are really helpful are, if somebody's in that, if so, if someone said, you're an alien, what are you doing? Leave me alone. I would say, whoa, that sounds really scary. Hmm. That must be really scary for you. So identifying if, the emotion that yeah, they must be feeling attached yeah, to or, whatever they've been saying. Yeah, and also trying to make it clear that it's you who's saying that. So I would say, I think, or to me, it sounds like that would be really scary. Right. So you're not saying you are scared. Yeah, like yeah, you're not yeah. attributing an emotion yeah. to them. You're saying it sounds to me like yeah. that would be scary. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and if, if the police in another scenario were chasing after me, I would be really scared too. And it's, it's so hard too. It's not a, so simple. And when you're yeah. in the moment, your emotions are running, racing. And you don't have a moment to sit there and think, okay, yeah, how's yeah, the best way for yeah, me to yeah, respond exactly, to this? Yeah. 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 Like, so, how? not escalating the situation not arguing with them and like you said too it can be okay to i think it can be okay to sort of acknowledge the delusion or the hallucination is mm-hmm. another way to say it um but you don't want to feed into it you know yeah, yeah. okay so, you don't want to escalate it any further than where they already have yeah it. or you that could say sense. wow is that what they're saying you know if someone's saying like God is talking to me. Da, 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 right. And you can say, "Wow, that sounds interesting," or something like that. But yeah. y'all, in in a moment of intensity, 
I think it would be fine to play along. Okay. But you don't want to... Just to essentially diffuse the yes. situation, yeah. not to escalate the, yeah. the delusion that they're yeah. having, but just to diffuse their emotion For almost. sure. Yeah. And again, the la the last thing is your personal safety is always the most important thing. Yeah. You know? That's a good thing yeah. to remember too. It is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. have Alzheimer's. Is that a mental illness? No. Because they cannot answer this in school and it's what makes me mad so much. Is it a mental illness? Like I think it's the... Um, described it was Alzheimer's as a, you were Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a brain disorder. Okay. Yeah, that's what... It, He's so welcome. So it is a little bit different than mental illness. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so I know... I hope I'm right about it. I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. But yeah, <laughs> that's could, okay. Yeah. We can also put the disclaimer that, that yeah. Alzheimer's is not your area no, of No, it's not. But I was studying it in school just oh, okay. like two months ago. So <laughs> oh, well, that's interesting. You yeah. have some info. <laughs> I do, yeah. Okay, so does anyone want to talk about the next question? the next question, Jessica. Uh, Get into okay. this. What kind of stigma exists around mental illness? Awesome. Oh, this is one of the ones that I wanted to to throw back to you. Oh, all right. Uh -oh. To you peeps in there. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, what does Shoot. it look like for you? I don't know. Uh, well. So, Tally, I know we talked about some of your personal experiences. Can you talk Tell about Talia. maybe some of, the way, some of the ways that you've experienced stigma because of mental illness? Story yeah, time. So, like, a lot of people used to think they had to check on me all the time and be like, yo, are you okay? Are you feeling good today? Like... Do I need to help you? Do like I don't need help. Yes, I do have depression. Yes, I am gonna feel depressed a lot, and I'm going to say a lot of things. But it's kind of like instead of just like every two seconds you coming around me and hugging me and holding me, why don't you treat me the way you treated me before, like a human mm -hmm. being? Like just because I have a mental illness, do not treat me any different or treat me any downer toward the way you would treat any other human being. You know, so it's like when I get new friends, I don't tell them that because I don't want them to treat me any different. I don't want you to treat me a certain way or make me feel like anyhow. Yeah. Yeah, like That's any nice. any sort of like negative. Yeah, exactly. I feel like people feel like if you have a mental illness, they have to treat you like kinder or something like for people with bipolar deficiency. They'll be like, I don't know how to act around you. Or for people with depression, they'd be like, I don't want to say something where it's going to hurt you. And the next thing you know, you're like, oh, I want to kill myself. Like, no, that's not how it works. First right, of all. right. Like, get yourself educated before you want to talk. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. So you feel like some of the experiences you've had, like people have almost treated you with, with kid gloves or patronized you, sort of. Like I was five. Right. You know, like I actually had to stand up and be like, you know what? I am, you know, like I would tell them, I am 14 years old, I'm not this young, you know, treat me like a human being. Yes, I have that mental illness, but I'm not always going to be like that, you know, like, it's just, mm -hmm. once you like start to get help and all that, it's kind of like you learn how to control it a bit and get mm -hmm. better. Yeah. yeah. And that's an interesting sort of element of it with mental illness and youth specifically is that when you're younger, it's they almost people feel like they need to baby you or, you know, they they will sort of just, I don't know, patronize you in some way because you're younger and because you have this additional struggle. And sometimes that can actually make you feel worse about yourself. Right. Yeah. Yeah, does anyone else? Tricky. I know I have some experiences, but does anyone else? I do not. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah. Right to the point. Jess, do you have any experiences you'd like to share? I can go with mine if you don't want to, though. Um, no. Okay, that's fine. You both don't. <laughs> so I, I have a couple different mental illnesses, and some of them are not as uh, – I know this is a weird way to describe a mental <laughs> illness, but mainstream as some of the other ones. So um, 
I a lot of times get frustrated when people use some of my mental illnesses as adjectives. So I have obsessive compulsive disorder. It is very specific for me. It's not about like arranging my shoes in a nice line by the door. It's it does that's not mm-hmm. how it is for me. So when people say things like, I'm so OCD about like how I organize my plates or something, it's frustrating to me because you know, your tendency to want to be organized in your kitchen is not the same way as me thinking that if I don't tap the side of my coffee table eight times that my mother is going to die today. You know, like that's that's mm-hmm. not the same. Mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that a lot. Mm-hmm. And for you to just be like, I'm so OCD because I like to have things neat. or So I'm trying to think of other uh, mental illnesses that are used that way. But basically when they're sort of trivialized as just like an adjective that you can use for anything. OCD is a big one for that. Yeah, it is. I find, I think. And a lot of people don't understand what it Mm -hmm. actually is. My mom has it. Oh, wow. Yeah. You should have brought that up. Like my mom. (laughs) I (laughs) should think about it then. (laughs) No, no. Because like until she, until Meredith brought the home. Like like the OCD because my mom actually has it. Mm-hmm. Like she hates things dirty. She wants it like she loves it clean. And she doesn't hate. It. I don't know what it actually means, but I know that she right. tells me. And she said that she likes to clean her house all the time. She makes sure it's ac- actually clean. Yeah. So that can sometimes be a part of OCD. Yeah. Sometimes that's not a part of OCD, and that can just be germophobia. Yeah. It depends what the sort of origin of that person's well, she's obsession very, with cleaning she's is. Also very organized. Okay. Like, like whenever, like whenever, like I move stuff from my like my room and I put it back, but like, like my mom tells me this all the time. Like if y'all try to take something from my drawer and put it back, I will notice it when you put it <laughs> one milli millimeter away. Yeah, like she'll notice it and she'll put it exactly where she wants it. Right. So um, that like almost kind of like relates to what I was saying, and that like those that can all be true for your mom, but that doesn't necessarily mean that she actually has the obsessive compulsive right, disorder. Right, right. Um, so I, I guess she, maybe I don't know if that's really like stigma or just sort of a weird offshoot of it. But that's definitely yeah, one of the things know. that's frustrating for me. But mm-hmm. I also think, you know, as much as it sounds counterintuitive, you would think like living, you know, having a relationship or living with someone would be easier because there's a source of support. I find a lot of times I just find I have to dis- I just have to explain myself to someone else. Like all the- all that means is I have to explain why I had to do that behavior right, right. or why I have to rip the covers off of my partner in bed to put them on the certain way that I feel safe with, you know? So a lot of times, you know, people think like, "Oh, you have a partner, you automatically have like a source of support," but mm-hmm. that doesn't necessarily mean that that person has more support. Definitely if that makes not. sense. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it can be really challenging to build that level of understanding between two people and, and, and without going getting too personal <laughs> i would agree get as personal uh, as yeah, you're yeah. comfortable with that's yeah, fine with us <laughs> i mean i talk about it sometimes but yeah my wife and i had to and continue to learn things about each other yeah. to be helpful um i think one, uh talking about ocd mm-hmm. i it, OCD is consider- is in the anxiety disorder yeah. cluster Umbrella. or whatever. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, I have a friend and actually a coworker, I guess, that I do a lot of stuff with. Mm-hmm. Katie, she has OCD as well. Mm-hmm. Or I guess another way to say it is lives with OCD. Right. Um, and she has had a lot of care and whatever, but she had a real traumatic event. And she would have to replay it three times over in her head. Oh. Every, and just so similar to... It can be 
And she gets really angry with that OCD stuff too. Oh, so as yeah. you were saying it, I was just like, Katie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I feel you, Katie, if or, you're yeah, listening. Just has a, yeah, I mean, I can, yeah. It's, yeah. And honestly, yeah. like, especially with those, I'm not really sure what word to use, but, you know, like OCD and, and maybe things like Tourette's are portrayed in media often incorrectly right, right, yeah. and kind of almost become just sort of like a joke. Um, and so people don't really understand what it actually is to live with those conditions mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. don't take it as seriously. Right. And I think also that not being, again, weird way to describe it, but I don't know how else to say it, mainstream, like depression and anxiety, people just aren't as aware. They you know don't understand it and they're not as accepting of it. Yeah, definitely um, not. And it also kind of touches on the question about whether it's clinical or situational. Right. When the words get thrown around and muddled and it's just... It makes it more difficult for people who actually are trying to get an answer to their situation. Yeah. Um, and there was this, the second part of that question. We got sidetracked a little. Yeah, that's okay. But is, so going back to my family, is it hereditary and et cetera? So my right. brother and I both smoked copious amounts of marijuana mm-hmm. and did lots of drugs. And his, he developed schizophrenia mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't. You did not, yeah. Yeah, so in... And we don't know, so it is hereditary, and it's. And then the second layer is we don't know who in the family, so to speak, is more vulnerable okay. to that getting turned on. But uh, all the people I know, nurses and and people who work in hospitals, that um, when they, I think the number is so ridiculously high, some eighty, ninety percent of people who present with their first episode of psychosis, mm-hmm. young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's like 80, 90% of the time they're high from weed. So they during have a, it? Yeah. Or not necessarily during it, but probably. I don't uh, know that. At least close to. It's yeah. like mainly if they are having a psychosis from weed, it's not weed alone. Like you lace that with something, okay? Because I'm not going to lie. I have smoked marijuana sure. many times. Yeah. That's fine, yeah. No, no. And, yeah. Uh, but there are definitely it doesn't necessarily have to be like laced with something else, especially if you are pre, you or your family are predisposed yeah, right. to that. It actually can just be marijuana. And trust me, like I would not be talking bad because cannabis is my only medication right now. Mm-hmm. And it helps me be able to function on a daily basis. So I wouldn't be knocking it. Trust me. But it can just be. Unfortunately, that if you're already predisposed to it, there's something in your brain that responds. And it can yeah. just be marijuana yeah. alone. doesn't yeah. have to be Absolutely. laced with yeah. anything. Yeah. marijuana you're talking about, though, would be spider marijuana, where it's like it's a certain type of marijuana plant that is grown like naturally, but it does like make you see things and you go like super crazy. I've seen a lot of my friends try that. Mm-hmm. It's like the times when I'm like... You know, I got a bad feeling about doing it this time. I'm right. gonna sit back and watch you guys. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of like I think you're talking about spider or spiced marijuana. I forgot what the actual. Oh, that's synthetic no, marijuana. It, yeah, no, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's yeah. not. It's not so much about the type. It's just it's sort of the. It's about the yeah, and, and yeah. the THC really that that is the psychoactive mm-hmm. ingredient in the plant that makes you. Say. Anyway, so yeah, it's not so much about the strain or the whatever. It's the the individual's predisposition yeah. to developing an yeah. illness or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. My so I am not against weed at all. I, <laughs> I am know, not. I can great. smoke. Yeah, yeah. I am not. I am not. But it's also about either. knowing how it affects you individually, yeah. right? So you know that it doesn't work for you. I yeah. know it works. Well, for it me. works for me, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe too I can't, well. Yeah, I can't stop. <laughs> can't I can't stop. Line. So that yeah. My friend yeah. is my, my friend is diagnosed with it as well. With what? With what? With weed. 
diagnosed. Oh, you mean uses it as a medication? Oh, prescribed, prescribed marijuana. Weed is not a not a psychiatric condition. My mind is going like a pancake. Okay, so we already talked about number five. So I think let's skip over that. Yeah, Tally, I know number six. You had some personal experience with. So do you want to go ahead and ask that question? Hold on, let me like just read it. <laughs> it's okay. got you, girl. You can read okay, it. Okay, so, yeah. I'm going to just say this. Uh, I'm going to ask you, Mike, since mm-hmm. you're like a, you know. So, why do you <laughs> guys expert. give people medications for their depression or their bipolar when when people take that medication, it makes you feel nothing or it makes you feel like you want to die more or like whatever was wrong yeah. with you where you gave us the medication to make us feel better we just feel a lot worse sure we okay. should also be clear that mike himself does not prescribe medication yes. yeah, that's <laughs> sure, yeah. Sorry. no that's okay you that's okay he was a mental health he, he's an expert but he's, yeah, he's not a doctor heard, yeah no i'm not yeah. a doctor so the yeah. only people that can prescribe medications are medical doctors and generally that's either a psychiatrist yeah or family doctors do sometimes too, yeah. uh, which may or may not be problematic. I think sometimes is yeah. yeah. Nurses mm-hmm. now are start so we, I think some nurses are able to now too, which oh, wow. it's probably long term bigger picture a good thing. So yeah. okay. Uh, so I take medication too. Um, I would say I think most of the time everybody who's working in the mental health or even the healthcare system are doing the best they can with what they have. So if they think it's going to be helpful to prescribe you medication, then they're going to try to do that. And the tricky thing about medication is that it's not always, it's not always going to work. Number one. And number two, there's so many different kinds and people respond to them in so many different ways that, yeah, it can be horrible. Like I've heard so many horrible situations. My brother for one, it took so long to find one that worked. Um, and it was horrible. Some of the side effects were awful. And I, you know, I, for one, I've been fortunate, I guess. The medication that I take has been helpful. Um, although I have a new psychiatrist now, which is really exciting. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 no, thank you. It's great because I wasn't given any other options, really. You know, it was like, here, take, th- you have this, take this. And hey, so, yeah. This. yeah, and that's like, not no. Well, yeah, it's not. There's it might, so many more. Yeah, yeah like got, there's so many wanna... other things that we can do, which I've done as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it would so my new, I may try to reduce my whatever. But the thing is, it doesn't. I always say, whatever the hell you can do to help yourself, do it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and I. It's so hard with meds too because personally. I have so much self-stigma too, right? Oh, I shouldn't need to do this or why am I doing this? Yeah. I'm a loser. I'm this, I'm that, whatever. So that's... Also societal stigma around yeah, medication Yeah, it's horrible. Too, right? It's not... Yeah. And honestly, whatever works, do it. But I would say you're not a doctor, so don't self-prescribe things and seek help. And so if you go to one doctor and you don't think that person's helpful, try to find another one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Same yeah. with individual medications too, right? If you feel yeah. like you start one and it doesn't work, yeah. you have other options. You yeah. can go back to your doctor and say, mm -hmm. this one's not working. We need to try another one. Yeah. I think with mental illness, the process for finding the right medication is so much more complicated yeah. than a lot of people realize. It's mm -hmm. not you have this condition, this medicine will work for you like it is with physical yeah. stuff. Yeah. So I think knowing that that is a process yeah. is... I think part of it, Talia, did you, did they sort of give you any sort of context when you were, um, you know, learning about medication, about having to, you know, try a bunch of different kinds and try new kinds and, and, you know, did they tell you that it would be a process? She didn't really say it was a process. She was more like, okay, I see like what's going on. I see what you have and all that. So I'm going to prescribe this for you. Mm -hmm. And when I got it, like I took it for a week and... To be honest, I would go to school, kids would make fun of me. Same process as every day, except when I went home, it was more like I couldn't feel a thing, you know? It was just like I couldn't feel excited because I remember my stepmom was making my favorite thing to eat. Mm -hmm. It was fried chicken with waffles and mashed potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. So good. And I was just like, <laughs> didn't care. It was just like, meh, food. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, I had a similar Yay. experience too in that, you know, I didn't, I wasn't feeling the anxiety or the depression, but I wasn't feeling excitement or happiness either. Right. Yeah, it's weird because, yeah, they're kind of, and it was more like, yeah. I couldn't even feel scared and it was like, sometimes I wasn't even aware that I was awake. I wasn't aware of what was actually going on around me. People would say like, you know, I'm not being myself mm -hmm. and it was more like, like once I caught on to that, I told her I'm not taking this anymore and I read an article at school, you know, I was like, okay, I really do want to get help. Like, I don't want to feel like this forever. I read an article on edibles and I told her, why not prescribe me these? It looks like they would work. I am in the perfect age group for them, you know, like she didn't really have a reason not to give them to me. Mm -hmm. So she prescribed that, but uh, that got taken away from me for some really dumb legal reasons. Then she is so stupid. I am so glad we fired her. Like, she's no longer my psychiatrist. Yeah. Right. But uh, for some reason, she gave me a medical prescription for amphetamine. And I'm like, I know it's some type of meth. Like, I know it's a type of meth. I'm like, why would you prescribe me a type of meth? Like, are you trying to kill me? That was the first thing I asked her. And she was like, it does help people with depression. And I'm like, I was reading up on it. I couldn't find a single article that had anything, any, uh, anything to do with meth <sighs> methamphetamine but it's amphetamine like it didn't say what was it called amphetamine uh, i'm not sure if i'm pronouncing it right because there are different kinds of amphetamines too i think yes, that's why yeah um, but yeah i mean i i've I didn't find anything to help people with depression so i was yeah. like why do i have this yeah and i think like that is I, I at least i've heard at least a few people that i know have a similar experience they're given something and not really given the background information right. about that yeah. drug just like here use this this should help mm -hmm. not really given any information about the fact that it could be addictive what negative side effects might could be there yeah like the i, I just i know my partner was having situational um i think it was depression he said it was anxiety but i think it was actually more depression and mm -hmm. went to a walk-in clinic and they prescribed him something a whole bottle <laughs> yeah. of um I'm not sure. It's the kind that you put on your tongue and it dissolves. So it's a it's fast acting. It's not like a like you don't take it every day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, gave him no information. Didn't ask him anything about any addictive tendencies he might have or anything. Wow. Just kind of gave yeah, it to yeah, him right away. So, so I think the issue is just the doctor 
automatically prescribing it and not saying here's what could potentially go wrong here are things to think of um you know what i mean like i think that's some of the issue with medicating and at least that was part of it for me i i was just like you know what i'm not getting the information i need from these doctors and none of these meds are working i know Mm. cannabis works for me that's where i'm gonna end things sure yeah (laughs) and again it's it's so dependent on the person and i also would say it is so much more than uh, this is where it gets tricky i would say there's so many things you could do in your life to help yourself. So for me, yeah. exercise, which I don't do enough of, meditation, which I do do quite a bit of. So that's <laughs> the one thing I am good at. I see my I therapist. I talk to my friend, my sponsor, but like I don't eat well. I mean, like there's, I don't journal enough. Like there's so many other things that yeah. doctors also don't say that we could be doing. Yeah. And that's where there's a huge gap yeah yeah and i think it's in the system yeah Yeah. and i think i I find a lot like a lot of times it's both of those things together that can really help it's medication and talk therapy and other forms of therapy and other forms of self-reflection that can really help and a lot of times it's not clear from the doctor that you should not only be relying on that medication right yeah Yeah. absolutely so we're running out of time but i there we have a lot of other great questions so i want to make sure we get to at least some of these um hold on i want to just talk about quickly i was at a I was doing a talk with a doctor and a lawyer, actually. It was about cannabis. It was okay. for a treatment center. Okay. And it says here just about the yeah, alternative some alternate forms. forms yeah, of treatment. so yeah. the doctor basically, so it's one of the nice things about the legalization is that the medical system and also the pharmaceutical companies can start to really do a lot more research, research. on cannabis and et cetera. Yeah. yeah um, so when you go into a head shop or whatnot and they're like, this is for X. There's very little real evidence behind what they're other than people's assuming. Own, yeah, or like, like there's some good, yeah. like there's some credibility behind it, no doubt. Um, but it's way more complicated. Mm-hmm. And so the doctor there was just sort of presenting the best information that they had on cannabis and et cetera. Okay. And it was basically suggested that if you are using it for medicinal reasons, you should probably not be using cannabis that has a like High very THC. much THC yeah right yeah because yeah. um, that's a psychoactive component yeah, and yeah. I think also what I've heard is that even if there is, if there is a certain level of THC in it the closer you can get to an equivalent level of CBD because CBD can often mm-hmm, counteract mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. negative psychoactive components yes. of THC. So if you are using it medicinally to try to get, I, I found some strains that are close to one-to-one THC yeah, CBD. Nice. So you get a little bit of a high from it, right. but mostly it's the medicinal properties. Right. And then, so then the weed that I was smoking my whole life and that most people are smoking now, yeah. is 25%. Well, the THC level and has gone up exponentially, 18, 18 but there's almost like, yeah. yeah, there's almost no CBD in it. Yeah. Which is the counteractive. Yeah. Most of the so, strains yeah. that I see, it's eight, 18 to 25 THC and one to five CBD. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Which is not terrible. Probably. Yeah. It's not good for your brain for yeah. sure. Yeah. Definitely. And again, it's like if you can smoke weed like a normal person, then that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, and it helps some people weed. and it doesn't others. And yeah. I think like. Like totally, yeah. regular medic, or I guess right, tradi- right. traditional yes, medication, yes, it yes. doesn't work the same for everybody. Right. And yes, so to say that yes. it's a blanket solution for everybody in yeah, every situation yeah. is is just wrong, really. Yep, yeah, totally. Okay, so one of the other ones um, that I wanted to touch on specifically that we talked a little bit about um, is: Do you think that 
awareness campaigns um, mm-hmm. such as Bell Let's Talk Day um, are enough at this point or should, you know, multi-billion dollar corporations and other organizations mm-hmm. that do engage in awareness campaigns, should they now be taking further steps to support on the ground treatment facilities um, and other programming? Yeah, um, I think a lot of them do do that already. Oh, Although, yeah, I mean, it's, I guess the answer would be yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, you do think awareness is enough? No, sorry. I do oh, think they could be they doing more. They should do more. more. Yeah, okay, got sure. it. Um, although it's complicated. You know, it's never, it's so complicated. Um, <laughs> it would be nice for people in general to support this stuff more. Mm-hmm. And I always take it back to, it's so, it's not, about mental illness or all those kind of things. It's about, you know, humans, we have bad experiences and good ones, if you will, mm-hmm. if, to even put them in that category. So <laughs> mental illness and et cetera fits into the unpleasant human experiences. So why we should be doing whatever we can to support those things. I think there is a movement in the corporate world. And one example would be my starts with me is getting a lot more opportunities to work with corporations and yeah it's really cool it's super cool and so there is an opening and i don't know it's so hard to personally when i get sort of critical and uh maybe angry with (laughs) what is not happening yeah i get like sick like emotionally or spiritually or because then i just i that certainly was one of my problems in the past specifically but if I start getting angry and resentful and it should be like this, it's not like this. And I just, it's not good for it my health. You. Yeah. yeah. And so lots of people, that's why I don't engage in that. And there's other people that can, and I, I feel cheer like them on. A, yeah. This is something uh, that you didn't realize, but is very personal for me. Yeah. I feel like I should maybe not be as critical because it <laughs> does consume me sometimes, yeah, but it's hard. I think I know we've seen a lot of criticism of, of, of Bell. Let's talk day specifically yeah. because it is such a huge corporation. It and is, yeah. in it theory, is. they're doing the same thing every year. And at this point, it's been however many years that they've done this campaign now. And mm-hmm. they're still kind of just doing the same thing. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can take it to the next step now, you know, yeah. but it is good to know that there are, some corporations yeah. that are working behind the scenes to open those sort of opportunities and work with sure. you know companies like starts, starts and bell it's bell has donated they have donated millions lot, of yeah. dollars so and we so, shouldn't we shouldn't discount it completely yeah it's hard yeah and i think awareness is definitely important um i just think you know we you know we're, we've, we've gotten pretty yeah, far with yeah, awareness yeah, yeah yeah so i would yeah. say yeah that's great i like the way you frame it like that so yeah we need to move from awareness to action is yes. something i would always say because yeah. talking about it is one thing but actually incorporating it into your daily life is another. Yeah, because the way that I talked about it was, okay, it's great if people are now aware of the mental illnesses that I struggle yeah. with and they get them and they understand them and they don't discriminate against them. That's great, but that doesn't take away my mental illness. Right. You know, like right. I, yeah, I, I yeah. am still sick. I still need help whether mm-hmm, people understand mm-hmm. me or not, you know. So that was where I sort of came at it yeah, from. Yeah, I wonder how I had to wait years, on, literally, but I have had a lot of help from OHIP through psychotherapy, but yeah. it takes forever. So maybe there's a way, and that's quote unquote what the government's supposed to do with the tax dollars from cannabis. So yeah. that's another reason why it's great. But yeah, the legalization. chances are of them actually putting it back into Could who be knows? pretty slim. If it's up yeah. to our provincial government, it might not go well. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Doug Ford. Okay, so. Well, hold on a second. I got to just say something. <laughs> but I don't want to talk about Doug Ford or whatever, but. Ew. Awful. I don't know why y'all voted for him. <laughs> okay. Okay. okay, we're not talking about Doug Ford. Okay, but here's where. Yeah, here's where that gets 
where that's like not okay is because not that look i'm not really a political person and i used to be which is also not helpful <laughs> to my health uh but we can't say that we are so because i used to be kind of I don't want to say an anarchist, but I, you know, I was like, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. If you're, if you have conservative anarchist. ideology, like I was really, I hated it. And I thought the whole world was, a, was destroying itself because of conservative people, which is so ridiculous. And it's not okay to think that way. So we, Ooh. it's not though, right? <laughs> so it's myself. not, yeah. Like, and I, that, this is what I tell myself, right? Too, right. It's like, I can't think that the half the world is one way and the other half is the other and one side is good and one side is bad. Like mm -hmm. it's really not helpful yeah, much more and it's area, making yeah. all of us hate each other and it's so destructive and it's not helpful and it's not so good. Rude. So if X amount of people in Ontario voted for the PC party, then like, well, I don't know. It's just hard to say. Like we can't, they honestly, uh, we don't want to get, we can't oh, get political, but yeah, but it's, that's the thing. It's like, yeah. we can't just, assume that because we don't like what other people are doing that they're bad and we're good and if they just did it our way that it would be okay you know it's really and that is me trying to live up to the highest ideal of being a kind and loving and helpful person in the yeah. world because that's what we need more than i don't like that political party because they're x you know it's yeah. just yeah. Ah. It's hard. I and get it's it. Tricky. Yeah, yeah it, I totally get it's it. It's so tricky, oh. but and, and it definitely yeah. kind of impact your mental health too, yeah. right? So yeah. definitely and relevant. <laughs> so yeah, what I wanted to say was the freaking <laughs> previous government spent. <laughs> this is so insane. They spent seven or six hundred thousand dollars paying some company to make a logo for the cannabis store. Six hundred thousand dollars. So it's just like wow. that's so frustrating. It's so insane. Wait, for yeah. a damn for, for a logo. logo. For a damn logo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The amount of people that that could help you with that. Oh is my more, god. That's more, that is more money than rent. Hello. I know. We <laughs> okay, need to redraw so, the political lines. I think because yes, they do. It's so yeah it's ridiculous. Like, it doesn't work the way. Yeah. It is, I'm such a. I'm so, at heart. I'm a progressive, loving person. And then you see. Anyway, let's not get that <laughs> rabbit hole. But like, That's all right. Yeah, we'll we'll like, have you back another day okay, to talk about yeah, stuff like that. We should talk about politics. Yeah, please. Yeah, please. Yeah, please. Please. Mental health, you know? yeah. So I was reading an article saying that, you know, like I read a lot of articles mm -hmm. mainly on my phone. Yeah. Who has time to go to a newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> so you read lots of articles. You on. should go to Google Scholar if you're oh, really yeah. into That's this a, stuff. Because at least it's better than general Google. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. I was reading an article and it was on like when people diagnose kids with ADHD. Yes. Oh, and yes. they saw that there is a higher, like it is increased, like most kids that are diagnosed with ADHD mm -hmm. are black children. So my mm -hmm. question to you is why is that? Like why is it you guys are more quick to diagnose a black child yeah. with ADHD sure. than a Caucasian child? Yeah. Again, so, not Mike, but yeah, 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 yeah. the I'm people not, that are responsible general, for diagnosing. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is the doctors. I can't, like I didn't read the article that you read and I don't know if that's an actually accurate statement in terms of the whole span of diagnoses. I do know there's some evidence that black kids get in trouble more at school, which may lead them to that diagnosis. Right. Um, but I would love to read that article because I like to educate myself on this. Um, I'll try and find it for you. Yeah. The, the, get in trouble more at school because yeah. when yeah. other children provoke them, it's like the teachers ignore that. And then when it's like a student finally lashes out, y'all yeah. want to be like, but you never reported that. 
I yeah. did like how long ago? Yeah. So I feel like yeah. that from from the sort of beginning origins of how that child gets to yeah. be diagnosed, it can be a lot of bias from h- however that they got to the point of diagnosis yes. and bias yes. within the healthcare system that they're being yeah. diagnosed by as well. Yeah. So there's another the flip side of that, which is it's hard to believe, you know, some of these things, but so I, uh, there's a, there's evidence in the U S that, um, black people are less likely to get prescribed pain medication yes. because of the biases of the yeah, people like doctors prescribing the medication. Essentially don't believe their levels of pain or yeah. Or they think that they should be able to handle it better or something like it, yeah. it just, it's hard to, there's find. deep, yeah. deep seated yeah, bias yeah, within healthcare and mental sure. health care systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah is, for sure. no doubt. And, and then also I think it's, it's absolutely like there is, um, I guess, what would you call it? Racial biases or whatever, mm-hmm. or yep. cultural, yeah. but there is also a lot to do with, um, income or what's the social stat like so if you're the racial wealth gap uh not so much that but okay yeah the because it could be any ethnicity or okay. culture if you're poor chances are you won't have the access to oh, certain yeah. things yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, that yeah. also plays a part into it so, yeah, so, so then you start laying status. yeah you start layering on the freaking barriers to, yeah yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so basically anyone that has some sort of like I guess, barrier within their identity or a different yeah, sort yeah. of like way that they could be discriminated against yeah. will probably be more likely that they will struggle or yeah. or not have equal access to health or mental health care services. For sure, yeah. yeah. And then in the case of young black, you know, boys, boys and girls. Too, yeah, 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 specifically boys. Yeah, it's... I don't know enough about all that stuff, to be honest, yeah, um, to say much more. But but I think what yeah. you touched on is, is really important, knowing that like that bias coming from all parts of the system can yeah. impact even something like diagnoses. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we need to wrap up. So okay. I think the one last thing that we need um, to make sure mm. that we give our listeners that's really important is some mental health resources in Toronto that you would recommend to youth who are looking for support for their mental health. Yeah, I wrote down a couple. So the one for sure, uh, it's relatively new and it's super cool. It's called What's Up Walk-In. Oh, yeah. I heard about them. Yeah. yeah. What's Up Walk-In. Yeah. Hello. And they have, uh, I think they have, I'm going to say three to be safe. Okay. I think they have three locations in the city. Yes. And it's, yeah. And they, and it's literally a walk-in. So the same way you would go to a walk-in yeah. doctor's office, clinic, it's a yeah. walk-in mental health clinic for young people. And I don't know sort of what their stats are, so to speak. But yeah, you can literally walk in and see somebody right there and then. Yeah, you don't need a referral. You don't need an appointment, which is super cool. Yeah, Yeah. which I think is so important because a lot of times the the biggest problem is the amount of time that passes between you having a crisis and actually receiving help for that. Yeah, which is terrible. And then, so that I think is... I don't know if it's 12 and up or 14 and up. So I would just Google okay. what's up walk-in. What's up walk-in. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Okay. Uh, then there's Stella's Place, Stella's another which place. is at yeah. Queen and Spadina area. Oh, I live near there. Hello. There you go. And I don't know what the age. Yeah, it's a little bit older than teen, but I think they take from teen to 30 or something like yeah. that. Part of me wants to say 16, but Could I don't be, know for yeah. sure. Check so on Stella's yeah, Place. What's up, what's up walk-in, Stella's Place. <laughs> There's the Star Learning Center, which is right down the street from here, actually. Okay. Uh, so in Regent Park? Yeah. Just literally, if you go north on Regent and hit that building oh, okay. 500 meters north. Oh, okay. So that would be like Dundas and Regent Street. 
uh yeah yeah north two blocks okay and it's called star star it's so there's it's oh there's God. a crc i think it's called community yep. resource center so yeah. it's in there it's okay. the st mike's hospital thing okay i don't know if they take teens or not but youth for sure they take okay and there's a guy who works there is an incredible dude he runs this thing Dude. called One Strength. <laughs> One, I am so old. I'm a 90s <laughs> kid. Uh, One Strength. He runs this thing called One Strength OCR. And he okay. basically has been training and doing exercise with kids, kids, with youth. Yeah. Four or five days a week for the past like five years. Oh, so okay. he literally, he has meetups four or five days a week. And he just trains kids, and it's and it's physical activity. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah which is another uh, important thing for your mental yeah. health. Love that for us. Yeah, it's a peer. It's like a peer support group, basically. Yeah. And he's just a champ, and I. I mean, I would say Covenant House is another one, but that's right. more homeless based. Yeah, yeah, but they um, do also do like if you're homeless with mental illness yeah. or mental health. Yeah. yeah, so that's another resource for and sure. I, th- I would say I think on. On our website, startswithme.ca, there's resources for youth on there yes. that probably has some of these things, I but might have more. Yeah. Gonna put out there. I know we're supposed to be naming places you should go. I am Christian, but I do not recommend you go to a church or a Catholic church and say, Father, this is how I feel, or Father, forgive me for I have sinned, or nothing like that, because they will just tell you, pray on it, or something. Right. Don't yeah. call a helpline. I mean, that's oh. just my opinion i think i i say do call a helpline i know but like some of them they just give you like the same advice normal people would give you right and sometimes like that advice isn't enough and like you would need someone to give you more advice yeah they're not like fully educated and do you mean like kids help phone yeah yeah and what can i ask you guys about what do you think about this whole texting so there's this big national thing that sent out a kids help phone is ish whatever ish (laughs) <laughs> texting service do you guys think that that is helpful no. texting would you use that no. kind of service? I don't yeah. know because i'm not i'm not a child anymore i'm 18 well sorry okay. but it's, it still, is it's all the yeah, way up to mid-20s i think yeah youth youth technically the the sort of age demographic for youth goes all the way up to 25 sometimes even 30 yeah, for certain that. programs yeah. Yeah. i don't feel that so what would though. you what would you do with a texting service would that be something you would utilize no i mean Tally, how about you? I'm huge on texting. That's just because mainly, you know, it's like I don't got to look you in your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. Hear your voice. You know? So for, men- for mental health type thing, you would you would do a text service? Probably. Like it okay. really depends. Depends on how it. the person was. Yeah. Jess, what about you? Yeah. Do you think you would utilize a text service? Yeah, I think texting is better than like on the phone or face to face. I know. Yeah. I find it. I'm, I need to beat this into my head, but I just don't <laughs> see how that's more helpful. But. I'm a dinosaur and I don't like texting, so maybe it's yeah. my problem, I not. Uh, well, I mean, I, I think feel like on the phone, yeah. it does like a good job as well. Uh-huh. But I feel like texting you, like the other person, feels more confident. I guess. Yeah. Instead of just hearing like your voice. Or yeah. Yeah. Sometimes too, I know in yeah. in some of my classes um, at at George Brown, we we actually did a counseling class where we texted with the person, and sometimes it gives the counselor a minute, even just. 30 mm-hmm. seconds to compose themselves and think of an answer without having right. to think how is the person in front of me per, like yeah, perceiving yeah, this yeah, pause yeah, yeah. you know what I mean so you That's can really, really compose wise. an answer yeah. in a better way huh. and I think another thing for a texting service is if a youth is experiencing some sort of mental health issue and perhaps their parents are really religious and all yeah. they've done is told them to pray on it and they 
feel like they might get in trouble for mm-hmm. trying to access, you know, something more formal in terms of help. Texting they can do without their parents ever knowing because they don't have to hear their voice. They can be texting and right. say, I'm I'm just playing Candy Crush or something yeah, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, so I think that's another sort of positive yeah. of those types of services through text. Thank you guys for helping me understand <laughs> that. No, that's really helpful. Yeah, like, No problem. One, I can see what you mean, though, like why you wouldn't. Well, I just that's not a long term solution. That's my thing. Right. But it, I guess it's whatever that person needs in that moment to get help if yeah. it's going to be text then that's awesome yeah and sometimes for yeah. crises if it's if it's in the moment even yeah. then they can say here are some other resources to right. connect with moving right. forward so beyond then, like, this moment sometimes you can't like let the words come out of your mouth like yeah. you can try like you'll mm-hmm. call yeah. and you'll be there and you won't talk it's just like you can't have Nice. Yeah. It's you hard. Yeah. I think that's true too. That's I, I, there's yeah, definitely yeah, yeah. been some times where <laughs> yeah, I've been yeah. like, yeah, I yeah, cannot yeah. say these words. Yeah. Like I had a friend pass away recently, and I was able to text people about it, but trying to verbally say the words, yeah. I would break down. So yeah. I think I could see where texting yeah, could be yeah. helpful. Awesome. And yeah. also, you yeah. said about the therapist pause. I'm also because that's what I'm in school for right now. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, that's a big part of it. Is how do you maintain the yeah, well, the one relationship. Thing, yeah. One thing, like this is from a long while ago, but, like one of the resources we were talking about, I just could not help but just like Stella's place. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like our friends, like, oh my god, go to Stella's place. <laughs> 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 it sounds, it sounds like your best friends talking, like, okay, oh my god, go to Stella's place. Like, hmm. well, that's good. That's good. It <laughs> that creates a good. sense yeah. of like safety like, that you want like, oh to go to. Stella's go to Stella's. All right, friends. Well, we that's need to wrap up. Um, want to thank everybody for sharing their experiences and their thoughts on our very important topic today and especially want to thank Mike for joining us today once again startswithme.ca and we'll also post some of the resources we talked about when we post our blog post thanks for joining us tonight Uh, we are going to close off with one of our songs Uh, this is from Logic it's the 1-800 song Um, we'll also post some uh, numbers of the local and international helplines as well thanks so much everyone have a good one bye Bye. Bye.